All right. Welcome to a special edition of Kimson's Corner. Today, I'm coming to you to talk to you about a project-based learning assignment that I did with Ms. Rosalind Sharif. She is an amazing teacher at Excel Academy. We decided to work on this project based on the book that the students had to read, The Hate You Give. So our driving question was, what are you doing that will positively impact your community for tomorrow? We both feel like our students need as much support from teachers and parents as well as the community. When the community, schools, and parents work together, then it promotes health, well-being, and the learning of all students. We need to involve parents and engage community resources so that they can respond more often than, than what's happening right now. When you have this family and community partnership, it, it actually helps these individuals and it results in maximizing resources and it actually helps the children and the youth develop healthy behaviors and it promotes healthy families. So our thought behind this was if we can get kids to think about now what they can do in their community in order to impact their future, that it may change some behaviors, inspire behaviors, or maybe even get them to work together to create a more positive environment. So they began with reading the book. They read a selection by James Baldwin, and they were to create a social media campaign to raise community awareness and inspire activism. After that, we decided to get the community panel together so that way they can see people who aren't celebrities or athletes that are actively involved in bettering the community that they live in and decided that we would make this into a podcast. So that way they can ask questions, interact, and learn what they can do, what they should be doing, or how to proceed based on mistakes they may have made in the past. So I introduce to you Miss Sharif's PBL based on the book, The Hate You Give. Uh, hello, you guys. My name is Quay, and I'm here with my co-host, Naya. And our class has been reading a book. Well, it's a novel called The Hate You Give. And our driving question for it is, what, will you, what are you doing today to impact your community tomorrow? You know, we go to a school called Excel, so people look at us like we bad students or something. But everybody in here, they got a, they got their own like certain gift or something, and they own certain talent for something. But we have hosts here today, and I would like all of you to introduce yourselves. How you doing? My name is uh, Darius Hall. Uh, I work for Metropolitan Transit uh, Model. I'll just give you a quick introduction about myself. I graduated from the West Side Douglas High School. Went into the military, did four years and then three years National Guard and uh, decided to go work at Marta. I started as a cleaner, and now I'm a supervisor of a real car maintenance. Thank you for having me. Coach A, uh, coach and uh, teach PE and health here uh, at Excel Academy. Hi, I am Samantha Holloway. I am an attorney. I um, have my uh, law practice with, um, I have another law partner. Her name is Tiffany Bell. Um, we have a law practice near the airport, so in South Fulton County. Um, we handle different types of cases like family law, bankruptcy, general litigation. Um, I've been an attorney for about 10 years. Um, I am not from Georgia. I'm originally from Connecticut. I came here to Georgia to go to Emory University for my undergraduate, and then I went to the University of Arkansas for law. Hi, my name is Nelson Trumbull. I'm a spoken word artist, playwright, author, event planner, um, just an all-around guy. Um, graduated, came from the west side of Atlanta. Um, yeah. Good morning, I'm Ed Hall. I uh, train athletes. I run a company by the name of Big Game Sports, native of Atlanta, uh, also from the west side, from the great Frederick Douglass High School. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys this morning. 
our first topic is on gang culture. Now, does anyone in the audience have a question that they want to ask? No? Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So y'all don't have no question about no gang. <laughs> All y'all kids out here. Yes, ma'am. I have a question. Um, have um, any of you ever been around any uh, gang members that may have influenced your decision to be more positive or negative? Gangs are kind of prevalent in Atlanta right now. Um, it wasn't when I was growing up. So I've seen a lot of people persuaded by the gang culture. But if you talk to the original people who was in the gangs and, and, and they started talking about the thing that the gang was supposed to do and the reason they joined it, um, it, it was more positive than, than the outcome and the stuff that we got going on right now where people claiming, you know, different sets. We just lost the um, but famous rapper, what Nipsey, yeah, to, to, to the gang culture. And we, when we when we think about the gangs and stuff like like that, we gotta we gotta we gotta ask ourselves if it can happen to Nipsey, then it can happen to what? Mm -hmm. Right. He was rich, wasn't he? Yeah. And that's what that's what we all that's what we all work hard to try to obtain wealth. And if it can happen to a wealthy gang, baby, it can happen to you. So we're not immune to it. But um, yes, we have been in situations where gangs have influenced or tried to influence whether we go positive. Also, I would like to just state something that Nelson probably didn't know. My son was in the gang, and I was just speaking to the coach about the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right now, I have a nephew that's locked up because of a gang, and uh, now he wish he could get out. But I want to ask y'all a question by a show of hands. Who all know somebody that's in the gang? All right, you can put it down. All right, you can, you, you can put it down. You're good. But what I want y'all to think about is, you know, uh, we talk all the time on Saturdays. Uh, you got to look at your circle and the people that you're around. And then you also, I got a saying that I came up with for me. Uh, you got to know when it's time to change lane. So when these gang members come at y'all, just think about what mom and dad and uncle and everybody say. You got to know when to change lanes. So it is serious. It affected me, uh, my stepson, my nephew. So uh, just make sure everybody that's here today, pay attention to everybody that's speaking because we're here because we love you and we care about you. And we want somebody to learn something. And then once you learn it, maybe you can affect the other person that you're uh, able to influence because in here all I see is a bunch of young leaders. And I want you all to understand that. So uh, I hope you all uh, pay attention to what's being said because you have a lot of people that have a lot of uh, knowledge on this type of stuff. I'm glad he said um, you got to know when to change lanes. I, I didn't even plan to speak about this, but since y'all talk about gang culture, I have a cousin that's 21 years old. My cousin was shot five times Saturday night on the corner. Well, Saturday night, Sunday morning was about 2 a.m. on the corner selling drugs. Five times. And he actually was able to make it to his house. He's yelling for his mom. She wakes up, she hears him, gets him, takes him to the hospital. He's sitting in the hospital today. The conversation that my family is having. Uh, I would like for the new people that just walked in to introduce themselves, such as you, starting with you. All right, my name is Anthony Adams. Um, I'm the senior youth pastor of World Changes Church International in College Park, Georgia. Um, I came up, uh, I, I, what most would consider rough, but I was able to turn my life around as an adult, um, going over a lot of obstacles such as facing life in prison, um, overcoming a life of uh, uh, pimping women and robbing folks and doing a lot of stupid stuff that people in Southside Atlanta do. Um, but I ended up having the blinders taken off my eyes um, unfortunate, well, fortunately enough, so I can be a father to my kids, a husband to my wife, and a mentor to young people just like you, so that I can come back and kind of let you know what the dead ends are. A lot of people look at us because we're older than you and say, well, what you went through was back when you went through it. Well, that doesn't change the fact that a dead end is still a dead end. Um, most of you got neighborhoods and different things like that. Where you live, everybody got a dead man's curve in their neighborhood. Well, most people do. Back in the day, they did. Everybody had a dead man's curve. 
or 20 years later, you can go back and Dead Man's Curve is still Dead Man's Curve. The point is, it doesn't matter how much older we are, how much things have changed. We're telling you that we've gone down paths that some of you are going down. And we're telling you because we've already been there. We've already been y'all age. Y'all have never been our age. We're telling you some of the paths that y'all going down right now is going to run you into a brick wall. And you're going to spend a lot of time having to retrace your steps to get back on the right path. That makes sense? So I'm Anthony Adams. I just want to introduce myself that way. Uh, G. How's everybody doing? I'm Gary Davis. I, 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 own, I found this organization called the National Boys Academy. The energy's a little different. I'm not used to talking in front of girls. I run an organization where I talk specifically more so uh, to young men. Okay, so like these young men that sit in the back, that stands out to me. I don't know why. Y'all supposed to be back there. These got empty seats up here, but but anyway, so so the energy in the room is a little different. And as I look around this room, I'm a little bothered by something. I'm a little bothered by the fact of there's been a select <coughs> number of young people who was chosen to come here. I don't know the history of the school. Um, was trying to research it on last night, but why, how were you all chosen to be here? Now, no, I'm not asking. What do you say, ma'am? I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, you, you stand. Well, how are you chosen to be here? Huh? You picked up? Yeah, here. Yeah, no, no, not in the library. So if you was up early, you would understood. One of the things that's damaging y'all minds, man, y'all got to keep drugs out the system, man. Y'all don't know. You really don't know. I know. And you can mumble and all that. So, but if you mumble, that lets me know that you still hear me. So it doesn't matter. Keep drugs out the system. Here's the thing. So I was working a case in DeKalb County, and uh, a young man got a charge. And on this charge, it was something that I've never heard before. They were taking human remains, ashes, and sprinkling it in the weed after they soaked the marijuana in formaldehyde. For those of you who don't know what formaldehyde is, that's the stuff they injected to dead people. So some of y'all are walking around smoking this and putting this in your body and in your system, and you have no clue. You have no clue. So when I look at how you're so, I don't call it disrespectful, I call it dysfunctional, okay? Because you are operating out of something that you typically uh, that have complete control over your body. You really do. And I've got people in here that's not going to respond to me. I'm not going to go into detail as to all the people I really work with, but I read personalities well. Some of y'all don't want this. And for those of you who don't want it, my man right here already told you some places you can go. Now, when I go places, you have about 30, 40 people in here. If I can just get one person in here to believe and trust in the process, and the things that these people are putting in place. I can just get one person we have over-accomplished for today because everybody don't want what we want for them. I get that, but there's a place for you. Behind bars, in a cemetery, and I don't understand how you all are so quick to hurt the people who love you the most. You know what, you, you know what gets me, and see, well, what gets me is this. If your best friend is in this room, you got the wrong friend. If the person that you rock with is in this room, and Henry County is a little different because I was just on the west side of Atlanta where they bowed it for real. Six, seven, y'all just playing with it out here. So you can suck your teeth, moan, rock. There's a place for you. But let me just say this to you. If your best friend is in this room, you got a bad choice of friends. I say it again. It don't matter if they don't bite me out. That's because I got like 10,000 more speaking engagements. If your best friend is in this room, if the dude or the sister you really, really, really rock with is in here, you need to reevaluate that. 
Your best friend or the person you associate with should be way smarter than you. Should be giving you directions. And this is why it's hard for me to talk in the presence of young ladies. Because their nonverbals catches my attention. Is your what? Your what? Your best. And but it's, it may not be your best, but it's gonna be your last. It's your last impression. Well, the person see, I'm gonna tell you, representation is everything. How you represent yourself stains people. Stains. Stays with them. Guys, it ain't what you do, it's how you do anything. You hear me? It ain't what you do, it's how you do. How you go about doing something. Uh, I'm gonna give you a quick some on representation. I come from the streets. I, I, I never thought I was gonna be in the streets. I thought after college didn't work out for me. Uh, cool uh, nine to five didn't work out for me. I hit the streets. But the way I represented myself while I was in the streets is why I'm sitting here talking to you today with uh, no felonies. I'm saying, and I've done things that would have gave me major time. Uh, but it was how I represented myself when I was in the streets. If, if everybody was rocking jewelry, if everybody was rocking Versace shades, I didn't I didn't represent myself that way. I still went and bought the educated college guy that I thought I, that I still wanted to be. And I would be right there with the bosses, with guys with Versace this on, hot, getting hot, you hear me? Catching attention. Uh, the SS and Paula, the flaw cars, the flaw C cars, all that. And I stayed under the radar because I chose to ride in the Chrysler series instead of a BMW. It was how I represented myself, even when I was in the streets. On the street cold, I got out of the game because I was too good of representation. I wasn't dirty enough. I wasn't gritty enough. I wasn't the type. I, I was faced with murdering someone twice. I was faced with murdering someone twice. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today if I had made that wrong move because my life would not be as constant as it is right now. But it was how I represented myself. If I could do something good for somebody in what I was doing wrong, I was representing myself to the best I could still. Not being slimy. Even if you take your even if you take the route to the wrong side. You better do as best good as you can out of it. You better represent yourself to the best out of that. Because God still will cover you. God covers you no matter what you do. God got more, what did he say? He got more favor for fools. He got more favor for fools. And babies. That means you got mercy. You got a rope. But don't take your rope for granted. I want to... Uh say something real briefly on representation. Um, who, who in here can tell me what character means? What's character? Say that one more time, I can't hear you. What you do to other people on scene. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, thank you. Character is who you are when nobody is around. Character is who you are when nobody's watching. And one of the biggest lessons I had to learn in my life is that sometimes your talent can take you where your character can't keep you. Your character ultimately represents you usually before you even arrive to a place. That's why they say your reputation precedes you. That means what people come to know of you and how you are, if they know that you're one of the jittery, jittery types, you know, can't really focus, can't really uh, sit still, can't really listen, then before you get to class, that teacher's already prepared for you because the teachers that had you the previous year have already done what? They already put them up on game, right? So let me tell you something about just how important it is that your character is paid attention to. We live in a world where you're only as good as what you post. You're only as good as how many views you get or how many likes you get. So what you do is you post pictures, you post uh, memes, you post different things, you post video for fight breakout. Who the first one to break out their phone? Oh, 
I'm going live with it. I'm going live. My school, Liddy. My, I don't even think they even doing World Star no more. But they on the. Hey, it's Liddy. They on their live. They on this. They on that. But they doing all of these things for people to see. But that's not who you are. So people around you start coming to know a fake you. Because character is who you are when nobody's watching. And a lot of the stuff that some of you post ain't even you. It's you trying to get certain type of attention, certain type of what they call it, clout. Certain type of clout, certain type of drift, certain type of all that. And what happens is people start identifying with the fake you. So what you do is you start trying to measure up to that fake you. And in essence, end up losing yourselves to the point where you don't even know who you are anymore. And that's not who you are when nobody's around. Who you are when nobody's around is a. I told you I was about the first one wrong. I don't have three of them in the cab counter. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, God shows us favor. God shows us favor. He shows us favor, but we got to recognize when it's favor. Our representation with the thing that they're telling y'all now, you don't really have to change it up. You can have a spike that I had long dreads. You know what I mean? And some, what, what somebody perceives of you is not your fault. I, I'm, I'm there talking. You know what I mean? I ain't really talking to you. I'm talking at you. You know what I mean? Anybody, any kind of hairstyle, any kind of way. But what you do with your character, that's what, what defines you, not your hair, not anything. And the reason your brother got 14 years, I mean, your brother at 14 because he had to commit a heinous act. See, I know it's all kind of what you call it. It's all kind of people, and, 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 and it's a diverse crowd right here. But the sister don't really care about us. And thirteen, the youngest, the youngest person ever executed executed in, in America was thirteen, and he was a little black boy. And so when 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 all when when all we go out there as a minority, we gotta have that in our we gotta have that on our mind at all times. And I know we're gonna get to that later, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a little bit. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, thank you guys. The next topic is um it's about law enforcement. Does anyone have a question in the audience regarding law enforcement and how you deal with law enforcement? No? I wanna talk about that. Um I don't practice criminal law. I'm not I've never been a member of law enforcement. But I have, I haven't read the book The Hate You Give, but all of y'all have read it, right? Yes. That's why y'all here, most of y'all have, okay. I did see the movie. So there was one point where Star and Khalil had gotten pulled over. The officer came to the car, asked for their identification. Remember Star said, put your hands on the dashboard, put his hands on the dashboard. Well, she did, he wouldn't. The officer took their identification, he went back to his car, Khalil, he told him to step out the car. Khalil's outside the car. Khalil decides to reach. An officer said, don't move. I'll be right back. Khalil decides to reach into the car, grab a brush. Officer shoots him and kills him. That was wrong. Khalil didn't have a weapon. Um, Khalil, as a free person, could use a brush, could reach in his car. And so for me, I struggle with this because I think we should be able to move around this world freely. We should, I should be able to get a brush. If I think you're wrong, I should be able to do how I feel. The problem is I want you to live to tell me the story. The good thing is Star was sitting there. So Star could go back and tell them everything that happened. But what if she wasn't there? So when you are approached by law enforcement, you're stopped, obey the command. Yeah, they wrong. They don't need to talk to you like that. They don't know you like that. I get it. But I want you to live to be able to tell the story about what happened. Then if it's something that you need to go sue about because they treated you wrong, they violated your rights, we can do that. But it's harder for us to do that when you're not here. The person that you need to plead your case in front of is not the officer. If you are getting arrested, if you are getting pulled over, shut up. Because they are recording. They got cameras now. They will play them tapes back and everything you said. So I'll give you an example. If, if you're coming and I put you on the witness stand and I say, well, probably not a criminal case, but if you get on the witness stand and we're saying, you know, this guy has never been in trouble. He's a great college student. You know, his mama loves him. He comes from a good family. And that play that tape and you like, F this, suck that, your mama this, da-da-da. That looks completely.
the difference in the story? I'm telling. And the judge is going to say, oh, yeah, you don't pay that woman to get up here and lie for you. This is the real you. I'm going to give you them 20 years. Or the jury, I'm going to give you them 20 years. So do not plead your case in front of the officer. The officer is only doing his or her job. The person that you plead your case in front of is a judge. If you get arrested, get arrested. Somebody's going to come get you out. If you got some bail, uh, if they can post the bail, or if you get a bond, somebody's going to come get you out. Just shut up. Don't say don't say anything to the officer. Follow the directions. Don't say anything to the people that are in the back of the car with you. If you're in the car or van, don't say anything to the people that's in the cell with you. Don't talk to nobody until your mama come. She coming. I guarantee you she coming. She ain't gonna let you sit there. Unless she's tired of you. Unless she's tired of you, right? You keep on getting the right. get tired. Like the system get tired. Like after what's what's after this school right here? Exactly. People get tired. It's a process. It's a it's a it's a it's a process, and you can't put yourself in that process where nobody don't care about you no more. You know what I mean? If you if you put yourself, if they try to get you all the help that they can, you got to do your part because after this, man, y'all, it ain't nothing. Man, I wish I was eight high schools. I got a question. Go ahead. Say I get pulled up before a chapter by like a routine chapter stop somewhere. Like can they get it? Can they search me or my car without public phone? Here's the thing. So they the fact that they pulled you over is the probable cause right there. So that's 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 your first probable cause. They are legally allowed to search within your area. So for example, if y'all Jay-Z's my favorite rapper. Jay-Z has a line in one of his songs about you can't illegally search my trunk. You're right. The trunk is not your area. They can search your area. But here's the thing. I don't need you on the side of 75 with a Henry County sheriff with a light in your face saying, oh, you're not going to search my car. You're going to be dead. Make Let your lawyer make that argument later. We can get evidence thrown out. Trust the process. Trust our job. Don't get into it with them right there. I do have my what, I don't know if y'all caught up with what she was saying. Like, if she gave the example of, like, of what, like, the judge how to do that all went back to representation. The way you present yourself in front of police, it all goes back to the same thing. It's really the way you present yourself. Like, if you do get pulled over or whatever, because I know the majority of people in this room have dealt with police before. That's no fact. Be respectful. Like, you don't always have to be respectful. Have an attitude with everybody about every single thing. Because what's good is to do is to feel more trouble. Whether you whether you're wrong or not, you can get yourself more choked. Like, okay, with well, this topic, um, why do you guys think that usually police officers first instinct is to use excessive force? I'm gonna tell you this. Y'all told I told y'all what I do. Get with my baby mama. A police. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. So, she's a police right now. She's at work right now doing police. And um, and I always tell y'all that yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing is, I got three kids with her, 15, 13, and 11. And every day she walks out the house, I tell her, if it got to be you or them, it got to be them. Because you got a family to come. So when y'all taking it and y'all dealing with these police, y'all got to understand, they got a family too. They just as scared. They just as scared. A split second. You can... Be going to get your cell phone, and she think you reach for a gun, and she black out, cause she trying to get they trying to get home to their family. So it, it's a catch twenty two and everything. It's a catch twenty two and everything. I know you just said I see you back there shaking your head, Drake, but it's real. It's real. Cause 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 have you ever seen um, the the caught on tape? And when 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 the officer walk up to the car, and then the dude stick out the car and bah, 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 and start shooting off. That kind of thing they play out in their mind. It might not have happened in their precinct or their foot, but that's always a possibility in their mind. So the best thing that you can do, the best thing that you can do, is to go and go with the flow and go where you gotta go. Unless you know you wanted some murder and you know you did it, you sign with it. <laughs> you got to speak. You got to speak. Up. Is that? Um, they're telling you that when you get pulled up, you probably don't say nothing. Don't have to do something, right? So when they search my car, I'm being cooperative, and they prosecute. It just 
Go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to I'm going to answer. I know, but like, I'm that's the Okay, I get your question. And what is the other first question? I'm going to put this all together. Uh, who is one more person? Somebody have their hand raised in the back. Can you stand up? We can't yes, hear you. Yes, please, yes. Please, my brother. That is one thing about representing God. Let's, let's be proud of you. Let me talk to you. Hey, check this out, guys. Uh, I'm going to put the clothes on this. Hey, guys. An uh, officer, an uh, officer, police, a person that has decided to take that profession, nine times out of ten, he ain't really here to help the community, okay? He nine times out of ten semi-vigilantes, okay? Because really, nobody governs us but God, okay? But we do have people that's put in place to keep us safe. His name is Officer. Sir, that mean he decide he want his ego strokes. He want power. He probably didn't have no power. He was lame growing up. He didn't have no girlfriends or or what. He wasn't like the what maybe. He went cool. So he kind of this. He was a telltale. He was a telltale. Now he a grown professional telltale in a way. If you had to, straight up. But I'm gonna tell you how it go. You gotta stroke their ego. You gotta be cool, calm, and collected. I come from a dad from the south. And any old man from the South will tell you, you better not even look back when we pass the police. Or I'm going to slap you out. No lie. Just that serious. Look, he, when he goes through the formalities, you got your license, you got whatever, go through it, stay cool. How you doing, sir? I, I'm going to tell you, all I done been pulled over, riding dirty, super dirty. And just how I represent myself, trust me, if you got that, the representation part, what she just said, the key part that on this is going to be when I step to the car, what do you represent yourself like? Do you look like a thug? Let me ask you, I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna, I encourage you young brothers to get this look off of you. Because if you look at every guy, 90% of the guy that they show on TV that's locked up, he got, he got your hairstyle. So you already been penciled out as a problem. Or when I'm walking to the car, they has already been taught to be trained on high level security, meaning... I'm coming with the mindset of it's going to be effed up. And as I realize that it's a cool person, I'm going to calm myself down. But he is ready to bust you. That's what they talk to do. They are taught to do that. You move wrong, you don't do what they ask. I ain't got time to worry about what you're going to do. Khalil should have not reached in that car. Khalil should have followed formalities. I'm going to tell you what I do. I don't do all the hands on the car and all that. But I got my license in my hand, and I'm sirring, yes, sirring him to death. I'm stroking his ego. What he telling you about when you go to court? I done been to court for myself. No lawyer, unless it was just something really serious that I needed, the formalities. Because when you go to court, when you have a lawyer, they mean that automatically means that you want some uh, conciliation. Am I right? You're looking for some submission on that end to your situation. Okay. But just by me coming in court, standing tall, how you doing, sir? Good morning, Your Honor. Yes, sir. No, sir. I convey. You, that may sound lame to you. You come up in there and looking like goon. You come up in there. Yeah. yeah you, you didn't even decide to put on a polo shirt today, the best shirt you had. You decided to come in there with your... Uh, I'm finna go shoot marbles with my boys in the street shirt on. <laughs> you hear me? But I'm just saying, you, you didn't come with your best representation. When you get pulled over, I done been pulled over riding dirty, no license. I done been pulled over riding dirty, no license. And all he ended up saying was, sir, I'm going to give you a red citation. And I'm sitting there saying, boy, God, how Gucci. <laughs> And, and, and we gotta fight the good dog, and that's why we're here. We're here right now, today, for tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying? We're here today for tomorrow because each one of y'all is gonna be 18 and y'all gonna be 21 pretty soon. And guess what? When you're 18, you wanna be able to go get you a legal shot. When you're 21, at 12. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna be moving on to the uh, next subject called dealing with trauma. 
Dealing with trauma? I got some. Go Do you have a question? No. I got some. It kind of piggybacks off of the last one as far as how to approach police. I have a, a 12 year old. I go to a school named uh, Magnum Middle School. Yeah. Um, College Park, right there off Burnett Road. I actually went to that school, but I go there every Thursday and I'm into a group of about 12 of the principal and the faculty is uh, most behaviorally challenged students, right? And one of the students had no idea he was suffering from post-traumatic stress. But when he was, he's 12 years old now, when he was six years old, he was in the car with his mother and his father, and they were pulled over by the police. The officer came to the car, and similar to the movie, told them to keep their hands where they could see him because the father, as the young man described, had wild hair and uh, 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 everybody say first impressions. First right? impressions. So whether you're articulate and you can uh, uh, be more, uh, 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 prolific in algebra two, algebra one, calculus and all that stuff. When police are coming to you, they're not, they don't know you. All they know is what they see. I'd be a fool to judge you off of your hair. A lot of people are intimidated by uh, how we do our hair. Killer Mike came to um, Gary's uh, uh, Next Level Boys Academy a few weeks ago, and he said sometimes people are in fear of how our hair is because it represents how free we are. Everybody can't do that. So that's just a little side note for you. But the young man was in the back seat. He was six years old. Six years old. How many of you remember things when you were six years old? None of y'all remember stuff that was like five Right. But basically, what happened was his father fit the description of the status quo of what someone would consider a hood okay? or a threat. Okay? And the guy was, he said, I need you to get, give me your license and different things like that. I need to see if you guys got any warrants. The mother was real adamant about figuring out what was the probable cause for them being pulled over. The officer's response was, we'll get to that later. Okay. Um, she was very questionable, which can come off as combative. Okay. She, combative doesn't always have to be this. Combative can be this. Okay. And when you're in a situation where that person wants to go home and you want to go home, you've got two Molotov cocktails or two bombs that's going to go to the full out extent to make sure they go home. So verbally from the mom, it was, let me say what I need to say. From the cop, it was, you need to shut up and let me do what I need to do because I'm going home. So those opposites wasn't attractive. The father, as a man, we have a hero trigger. We have a hero tendency. So when another male is raising their voice at your mother, at your wife, at your girlfriend, at your sister, what's the natural response? Hey, 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 you ain't got to talk to her like that, bro. Now that comes off to an officer as what? Disrespect and also a threat. You're being combative. Which ultimately leads to the next thing that they say, which is step out of the car. Okay? It's levels to this, y'all. So the mother, <laughs> I knew somebody, so I thought, anyway, the father was restless and he was like, man, I need a cigarette, man, so I snap. He started fidgeting in his pocket. The officer shot him three times. The young man that I mentored was in the back seat, six years old. He immediately urinated on himself. And just, he couldn't cry. He couldn't articulate words. He just sat there. And it took him about six to seven months before he was even able to articulate words. He was quiet. 
By this time, his father was married. Uh, the officer wasn't held to any type of accountability because he kept telling people, telling the young man, telling the father to put his hands on the dashboard and different things like that. Father was trying to cool down. He needed a cigarette. For those that smoke cigarettes, I hope none of y'all smoke cigarettes. You know, but he, 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 he was nicked, as they used to call it back in the day. He was nicked, and he was like, man, I need to calm my nerves. I just need to bop, 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 bop. So when I deal with the young man today, he's considered one of the worst kids in that school. No one goes the extra mile to figure out what's wrong with him. Why is he acting this way? See, kids don't just, oh, he was born bad. No, that ain't how that works. Kids are like computers. And whatever comes out is as a result of the delivery pain. You're not saying nothing because you're dealing with something that we call shame. Shame makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. Guilt is you feel bad about something that you've done. A lot of times people like to use guilt and shame as if they're synonymous. They're not. Guilt is, I feel bad for what I've done. Shame is, I feel bad for who I am. Does that make sense? So a lot of times, you won't say anything out of embarrassment. You won't say anything because of how someone who you trusted to tell, they didn't handle it the right way. So now you have walls built up. Now you've built up these walls, and it's like, I don't trust nobody. And it turns into, this kid is just a bad kid. Teachers... I want to encourage you. It's deeper than that. Know your kids. If you got a kid that's just going off and just, you know, he just seems like he got a temper, he always cussing you out, he always doing this, watch that. It's more than that because that kid was a baby at one point in time. And somewhere down along that timeline, something happened. And as teachers, we got to be more than just checklist driven. Uh, great, uh, you know, the test and all that stuff. I, I, I grew up with some real strong teachers that see me today and I can go back to them and I embrace them and hug them as if they are blood related to me because they went above and beyond for me. I had teachers that showed up to my house. I had teachers that told my mom the business when she didn't want to hear the business, but what one worried about their job, one worried about uh, uh, the penalties or getting in trouble or consequences, they cared about the person, they cared about the kid. And I believe you have some of those teachers here. I just want you guys to know that no one here is a mind reader. So if there's something going on with you, you've got to take ownership of who you are and learn how to fix it. So when you do, when you hear general talks like this and people are generally speaking to them, soak that information up because there's nuggets in here that you can use to help give you a little flashlight that you can use in the midst of your life. Yeah, I just want to say something. I'm going to take y'all down memory lane right quick. That trauma he's talking about, I used to be that child. Some gear and a lot of them don't know. My dad was on crack most of my childhood life. My mother was abused. She was in a mental institution. Right now, my sister and brother cannot function. Just like he said, I had to talk to some people. I played basketball just so I could channel everything. I was that trauma child, but I also had to have people to speak into my life. So when you have people like us, your, your teachers, that's speaking into you, you can do it. Now, supervisor, moved up to superintendent. I helped start the Atlanta Streetcar. I'm working with some great men. So guess what? Now I know my potential. So you have to talk to somebody. You have to tell somebody. Because everybody in here got a story. Everybody got a story to tell. And that's what you have to understand. You're not in it alone. You have people that are here with you. After we leave, I hope this is an opportunity for you all to really look in deep inside yourself and say, like he said, let me change the people I'm dealing with. When I first got here, I told y'all, know when to change lanes. That's the key. You got to know, I knew back then, because I sold dope, I did everything they did. I got how I did it all, but I knew when to change lanes. And all my buddies that did 20, 30 years said, Derek, I wish I would have did what you did. So just know I am a product of that. We appreciate y'all. We um, I mean, we could go on and on. This was just awesome. I had no idea that y'all were gonna present like this. Um, we have a wall that we have y'all's pictures up. I want y'all to take a walk over there. Tyson, Ruffin, stand up, Tyson. No. Stand up, Tyson. 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 Stand up, Ty
Tyson, he's a running back. Yes, he is. Okay, well, he completed the wall. He took it upon himself. Dr. Anderson is our principal, our proud principal. All right, just real quick, man. Listen, uh, listen, real quick. I just, I only like got thirty seconds to say something because I'm a little hurt right now. I kind of got quiet and I shut down. To my man right here, man, uh, Nelson, my, my brother right here. Everything's okay. He, I know, but Nelson kind of summed it up. When you see me going like that, I try to push people's buttons on purpose. I mean, and Nelson came back and said, "Man, don't ever let nobody rattle you." Because if I, if I know I can rattle you, I can control you. But let me just say something. So I'm sitting here on my phone very rudely texting. I got a young man that just started the program. He's in jail now for uh, never been locked up before. Star athlete looking at about 10 or 15 years. And his mom is texting me now because she got this phone call. He just went to jail maybe a few days ago that he was trying to kill himself in jail. And we're talking about this trauma and... She's talking about how, how hurt she is and the heartaches and the pain. And I'm sitting here thinking like, listen, man, that's all I got to say to you. You are in position, ladies, young ladies and young men. You are in position right now in this room to be who you want to be and to, and, to, and to get what you want to get. Take the advantage of your freedom, man. That's all I'm asking. This thing has really, really just took me for a loop. So my man, Ethan... I salute you, man. I love you, bro. Just don't let nobody push your buttons, all right? I love you, man. It's it's not uh it's not even like that. I try to find that one everywhere I go, but unfortunately, Ethan fell for it. But I love you, man. I salute. I'm gonna give you my card, man. Let's connect with you and your folks. I want y'all to come to Union City and rock with me. That's cool. I get a salute real quick. Yes, sir. All right. Well, one, one very important thing is everybody. Yes, <laughs> one very important thing is that trauma is a real and it is extremely common. That's why I don't say certain things, the certain things to people. That's why I gotta watch your face because you don't know what somebody else is going through. How y'all gonna feel when y'all actually do put somebody over the edge and they kill themselves? That's on y'all. No offense, but that's on y'all. You gotta watch what you say to people. You have to be kind and respectful. Like no matter who it is, you gotta respect other people. Like. You could say the wrong thing to somebody, they could go kill themselves. Or they could they could shoot the school and just kill you because of what you said. It's just as simple as that. You don't you don't ever know what somebody else is going through. I spent half a year in a group home because of the way I was acting, because I was the only mixed kid in my family, race white people. You don't say stuff to certain people. Like y'all know what I mean? Like let's say one of y'all was going through something, um, Really serious, right? And then somebody in school is bullying y'all. And then, like, you just gotta watch what you say to people and be mindful of what you say because words hurt. Like, yeah, it's just a word, but yeah, you can go say sorry, but look at this way. Throw a plate on the ground that breaks, you say sorry. Is the plate fixed? No, it's still broke. Words hurt and work like you can't take back what you say. So every industry, I need to be mindful of what y'all say to you. That's just a little lesson. All we gotta do. Thank you so much. We like to give a special thank you. Uh excuse me. Thank you very kindly. We would like to thank our panelists for taking this time out of your busy schedules um, and share your um, wealth with us. We appreciate that. And we also like to say a special thanks to each and every one of you all for participating in this um, event with us. Um, to our co-hosts. Our students, we're very proud of our students here at Excel Academy and our administrative staff. We are as good as we are because of them. And we thank each of you all for being polite and respectful to our panel. Yes. 
Um, I just want to leave one word with you, uh, one phrase with you guys, and that's uh, control all delete. Anybody know what that means? Yes. Yeah. What that means? Go away. Reset. Simply, guys, whatever that got you here, you got a chance. Your life, you got your freedom, but you still have your life. That means you got an opportunity to hit control off the lead button and do the right thing, guys. All right? Love you. We're going to let Nelson bless us with one of his poems. I got one for you. I'll do the same one I just did at John Lewis. The one I did at John Lewis, because we were just talking about a lot of things, man. But um, the one thing that, that we all that we all got to come and deal you know what I mean? We all gonna, we're born to die. We're born to die. And a lot of people are fascinated by Dill. You know what I'm saying? I used to be fascinated. I used to sit on the first 48, forensic files. I used to be trying to hide, learn how to get away with stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go ahead. Nah, for real though. Death must be fascinating. Death must be fascinating. So the mass is crazy. First 48, forensic files. I think the world going crazy. Tell me this. How can you kill a pregnant lady? I'm starting to think that nobody's thinking about the babies. We say we soldiers feel seeds, but never see them harvest. Moving much, but in place we margin. Conflicted, starting not to believe in karma. They kill innocent kids, and these killers still walk. Why haven't karma came back on the folks that sold slaves at auctions? Making moves with audacity, no time for caution. About sick of this nonsense, these excuses is making me nauseous. I can see the pain in their eyes. I can hear their soul sob. No Robin Hood in the hood. In the hood, they just rub. Numb to death because they see it so often. In their best quest, the hard, they soften. They catching colds coughing. And the only time they pulling up their pants is when they laying in the coffin. Where's the Lord? Does anyone know? We was raped, murdered, chained the boat. Look at how we treating our folks. All stacked against us, but still we ride. Take some hell of a hits, but still we ride. Queen. Crab lives when we feast. But you know they say, you all what you eat. And right now, we some chickens that go get done when there's beef. Sitting ducks when they turn on the heat. The value through me, you look at it, beast. Walking to the store for Skittles can get you shot down in the street. Rest in peace, Trayvon. For well over 400 years, the tragedy been on repeat. And it's time for it to cease for each one of us to reach. Back and grab a soul. Bridge the gap between the young and the old. This story got us losing our folks. This story got us losing our folks.